Hello, and welcome to another episode of Willing to Negotiate with me, your host, Gerardo Alarcón. I am excited to do this today because it's my day off. It is, I think, 1 o'clock right now, 1.43, not too far off, and I don't have to work today. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I have to fake excitement sometimes because I don't really work at high energy when I'm by myself. I'm usually just moping around like, fucking, I hate my life. Not with I hate my life, but that energy, right? I, I love my fucking life. I love working. I like what I do for work, but sometimes working can be too much. I work in cinema, basically. I work in uh, uh, grip and lighting. I, I uh, work on set. I'm an award-winning gaffer. Thank you. But I also work as an operations manager for a rental company that uh, rents out grip and lighting equipment, um, Blackstone Entertainment. And it could be too much at times. I work either anywhere from 8 to 18 hours a day, which is a lot. It's taxing, but it also pays the bills, hence this fucking mic and the arm and the XLR and the two things in front of me here and this 4K screen and everything. I, I, I'm sober now, but I don't think... I don't think I would have everything I have today if it wasn't for getting sober. Hey, get sober. Yeah, sobriety, it helps. I'm almost two years sober this coming Monday. I'm going to be sober for two years. And uh, it's it's a, it's quite a journey. I'll tell you that right now. It is quite a journey. Getting sober is weird. Getting sober is, 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 is terrifying. I'll give you that. But it's also uh, kind of freeing. I don't need to fucking smoke weed every day. Look at you smoking weed right now. I don't need to smoke weed to watch something I want to watch. I used to have to smoke weed to do everything. I would not want to be normal. I wanted to be stoned every day. Look at me. But now I don't smoke weed. I don't drink. I don't do anything else. I just podcast way too much, which I have another podcast called Josh Rardo. Uh, we're going to be doing later tonight. Uh, so I wanted to get this out of the way early in the day so that I can, uh, edit some more. It, none of this matters. Um, what did I want to talk about today? I, I am, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, it's crazy how you can know what you want to talk about and then you start recording and you fucking forget everything. I tried to start this recording twice already, but there was somebody mowing the lawn right there and they just finished. So, uh, and then I realized that I had to do other things. I had to call my grandma. I had to call my mom. I had to call my sister. I didn't call my sister yet, but, uh, let's stop this and do that. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I called my, and by the way, my sister saw my first episode of this podcast and she left 12 comments. Hey, leave one with 12 comments inside of that. You know, also it is hard for me to do a podcast by myself while I, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts of solo I, okay, fuck. Figure out what you're going to say. I listen to a lot of solo podcasts, and it's hard for me not to have those mannerisms in this podcast. I, I'm, tr- I'm doing my best. Uh, I listen to a lot of Bill Burr. I uh, listen to some of Theo Vaughn. I, listen, I used to listen to a lot of Chris D'Elia, R.I.P. Um, yeah, so a lot of the Chris isms is what I'm trying to battle. Because I loved that podcast. The guy can be a better person for sure, but that podcast was great. Um, yeah, uh, I spoke to my grandma today. Um, unfortunately, last week she was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. 
And so it felt nice to touch base with her and hear that she's doing great today. Uh, she also has diabetes. And she said something very funny in the phone call I uh, had with her. Very m- much more funny than anything I'll say on this podcast. Uh, I asked her, like, you know, when did you hear about this cancer diagnosis? And uh, she told me it, it has been uh, a week since she heard. And I asked her, how was your diabetes? She said, oh, that's working too. And that was hilarious. I laughed very hard. Uh, also, I don't speak Spanish a lot. Um, I, sp- I speak Spanish to my grandma. And uh, that's, I think, the only time I speak Spanish. Unless there's like a really uh, niche situation where somebody else that I'm with knows Spanish. And I want to tell them something without somebody that doesn't know Spanish to hear it. But usually when you're with one person that speaks Spanish, everyone speaks Spanish. Um, yeah, we like to travel in tribes. I don't speak for anyone when I say that. I just I didn't know what else to say there. But yeah, say a prayer for my grandma. Uh, I think they caught the cancer early on uh, when she had a colonoscopy, colonoscopy last week. But I love her. She's awesome. I, I've done so much with my grandma. I used to be with her all the time. Uh, my parents worked a lot when I was a kid, so I would go with my grandma and grandpa. My grandpa, unfortunately, passed away this last January, and uh, I can't stand losing both grandparents that I care a lot about in the same year. That would be wild. Anyways, ah, uplifting. Um, yeah, cancer is a terrible thing, man. I, 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 I smoke a lot of Juul, and I drink a lot of coffee. I might get coffee cancer or Juul cancer, um, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. And if my grandma fights this, then... I know that I'm impenetrable against cancer. And, you know, I never understood when I was a kid that when people say that you feel like you're invincible, like, oh, you're good, you think you're fucking invincible, you know? They have, like, gastrointestinal problems and stuff, uh, and they get mad at you for feeling like you're invincible. Kids are invincible. People say that we're all, we just live to die, basically. Like, uh, that's what living is, is dying slowly every day. Well, not when you're a kid, dude. When you're a kid, you're literally growing, and you're not dying. Okay, there's probably kids out there that are dying, and I'm sorry about that. Fuck, dude. I don't speak for anyone else except for myself. If you want to cancel anyone, cancel me. I didn't hear that from anywhere. Oh, yeah, so uh, what's hot today, man? Uh, I'll tell you what is hot. The mountains just north of here are on fire. Not north of here, but they are north here somewhat westward. Uh there's a huge fire above Monrovia, Duarte, and Azusa. Azusa sounds like it's a Spanish word. Uh, I'm not sure how to say that in Spanish, though. And I love being Mexican, but it's hard to say words that are Spanish in Spanish that are Englishized. Oh, my God. Uh, but fires, to me, are, are a weird thing because there's always been fires. I grew up in California. I lived here my whole life. Every time I leave California, I fucking feel homesick because... I'm a California boy, baby. I say dude a lot. I say bro a lot. I have been uh, ingrained in all different counties of uh, Southern California except for San Diego County. And I don't even know if it's called that. But I've always been around Orange County, L.A. County, San Bernardino County. All the different lingos from around those areas kind of understand. Um, Which is how you tell if you're a real California boy. Bruh. Um... I, I, I'm used to seeing fires my whole life. Every four years at my parents' house in Ranch Cucamonga, there was a fire in Rancho Cucamonga. There was always a fire every four years. 
And I believe when I was a kid, my dad was on the news for seeing a phone wire fall over uh, in front of his truck. And I don't remember. I don't know if that happened. I don't know if he was on the news, but I do have a vivid memory of me being on the news, making faces at the camera, just like shit like that, you know? And also I did not have chapstick in the first episode. And I told myself to get chapstick for this episode. And I did three recordings where I said that exact same thing. And I never once got out of this chair to go get chapstick. (laughs) How do my lips look? They look pretty wet. (laughs) Just like my life. (laughs) I don't know what to say. Um, so growing up in California, there's always been fires every four years. There was always this thing on the news about how my parents' neighborhood was the neighborhood surrounded by fire. And it's always the same story. It's like, we don't know if they're going to make it. And shout outs to all the firefighters out there. I wish I could uh, ask a firefighter from that area at the time if ever we were in real danger. Or because, you know, people like to get you scared, right? The news especially likes to be having people watching that are fucking terrified of what's going to happen. And that's just me saying that. There's no proof to that whatsoever. And I don't know why I have to keep pointing that out. It's quite obvious. Uh, I could be living in my own bubble, uh, not even knowing what's happening. And I have to turn my phone off. Yeah, so... um, also, at the beginning of this episode, you heard a beat that I had made. Uh, I, I love making music. I'm a musician, as I said in the first episode. So I, I will try to uh, make a beat for not every episode, but I will make a beat. Everything you hear music-wise on this podcast will be my music, unless I put a soundboard with other little snippets of songs that I like and stuff. Uh, I love making music. I love making beats. Uh, and speaking of fires... I like making beats. I like making fire beats. That's what my my fucking beat name is. Fire beats on the track. I'm a I'm a fire beats maker. Uh, but yeah, let me know if you like the beat. If you want me to change it, it will be changed eventually. I'll probably do like five episodes each uh, each beat. I need to put some WD forty on my chair. It squeaks a lot, and this mic is way too nice to have a squeaky chair because it'll hear. It. You hear that? Oh, sounds like the. The bed that I don't have rocking from having sex that I don't have. Uh, I have I do have a bed here in the living room that I'm in currently. I live in a living room under the stairs. And that's will be one of my credits one day. He used to live under the stairs at an apartment in the border of Pomona and Claremont. Give it up for Gerardo Ericoon. Uh I... I, I there is no stand-up right now, but I would like to start forcing people that bring me up on stage to say my actual name. I want to hear what they say. I want to see people fail before I go fail on stage. I want to. I want them to say, how, how do you say your name there, son? And I want to go, head out of the way. Head out of the Alarcon way. You know? And then have them go on stage and just suffer. Just like... Uh, he comes from South California. Give it up for uh, Gerardo Way Alarcon. And then I come on stage and I go, Head out of the way! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, got I got stuff coming out my face here. Um, I love stand-up. I miss stand-up. I said that in the first episode here. I, I can't wait till it comes back. Um, join me on this journey as we wait for stand-up to come back. I, uh, yeah, I, I make beats. What else did I talk about? There's fires in California. Everything's on fire. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it already. I probably did. I'm off work today. 
uh, I work in film, in cinema, and uh, I do grip and lighting. And right now it's re- it's weird working in that industry because uh, of the pandemic, obviously. it's uh, People don't want you to know that they are filming. So that causes what I do to be in shambles at all times. We will know about a job a day before, and that shit is stressful. I want I want to know about the job before a fucking day. You know what I mean? Like, really, you're gonna tell me a day before what we have to do the next day? What else can I talk about with that? Um, it's stressful, man. I I worked on uh, three music videos, one of which my favorite has yet to come out. It was a music video with Made in Tokyo and ASAP Ferg. ASAP Ferg is my homie for life, dude. He came up to me when I first met him on set, and he said, Hey, bro, can you take a picture of me with your phone so I can see how fly I look? I took the picture of him with my phone, and he goes, Damn, I look fly as fuck. And I said, Yeah, man. And then he goes, Thanks, bro. And I said, Do you mind if I keep the picture? And he looked at me like, uh yeah go for it keep it but i did scare him uh at that moment and then asap ferg was just a ball of energy all day dude he was so cool he's like yeah bro we gonna bop it we gonna do this um and he really did that you have to be high energy as a rap artist on set you have to have energy because people around you are not gonna have energy they're gonna be kind of starstruck especially the actresses that are that are dancing and twerking for you, quite frankly. Um, they all were very starstruck when they saw ASAP Ferg and made in Tokyo and they literally would do anything. They, they, I saw a lot of stuff there. Um, not anything sexually, just, just the dancing they do. I, one girl said she wasn't even a dancer and she was dancing like it was in fucking 1999 dude. Party like, okay. Yeah, dude, I, uh, it's weird working, especially on that set, uh, the ASAP Ferg uh, Made in Tokyo set, because nobody had a mask on. This was two months ago. Thank God I didn't get the sickness. I had a mask on. Uh, but th- we all had a meeting at the beginning of the, the shoot, and they were all saying, like, hey, you know, we got to have masks, social distancing, la, 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 let's get this thing. And then we started, and nobody had masks. I had a mask. Uh, the person that was working with me in Grip Electric had two masks, which is overkill. Um, really, all you need a mask for is spittle, which that's a new word uh, that's been... Nobody knew that spittle... If there was a stock for spittle and you invested in that in 2019, woo, you're probably a millionaire by now. There's no stock in words, Gerardo. I know that. I, I, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny, as, I, as funny as I can. But yeah, uh, it's wor- it's weird working in cinema. This the other music videos that I did. I worked on a set for uh, this guy called Stay Solid Rocky, and Stay Solid Rocky was a solid dude, man. It was him and this this other artist. Stay Solid Rocky, by the way, is a weird name. Um, you know, why don't you just say your name is Solid Rocky? I feel like his name started out to be by being Solid Rocky, and then uh, over time he kept. Wanting to change the name, he's like, I fucking want to change my name, man. And then he realized, like, nah, bro, you got to stay solid, Rocky, you know? 
the song was actually really good. Uh, I forget what it's called. I would direct you to it uh, right now, but I, I forget what the song is called. But I, I helped uh, light and uh, grip that set, which was basically just, we just sat around all day in front of a green screen. And then we went to the Agua Dulce Mountains, um, the Vasquez Rocks, which is famous for being films being shot there. And the, the crew that, uh, the production crew that put this music video together came from New York City. Shout out, New York, New York. The Big Apple. The Big A. Uh, they don't know how film works in Los Angeles. I think they are used to a guerrilla film style, uh, which does not fly out here in Los Angeles, especially at a location such as the Vasquez Rocks. The Vasquez Rocks had a lot of movies shot there. I believe Men in Black, one of those was shot up there because of the, the rocks and how they look. It looks amazing. And if it wasn't Men in Black, then I'm sorry. Fucking cancel me. Um, yeah, so they showed up, and it was all very, very low-key, and there was a lot of weed smoke. Uh, we showed up and met in North Hollywood, Right off of the Orange Line, which I don't know if anyone took the Orange Line there, but it is a great mode of transportation. Um, and everyone was kind of like, all right, we're going to go to the Vasquez Rocks. It just meet, meet us up there, bro. And when you get there, just try to find a spot that, you know, nobody's going to see you at. And I had a, a big grip van uh, with a lot of lights and a lot of grip equipment. And it's hard to go unnoticed at a place that is ran by forest rangers, Go figure. And it was uh, it was evident to me they didn't have a permit to shoot this video. So we were at the Vasquez Rocks. Uh, no permit. Uh, trying to shoot a music video for a, a budding artist. And now, they may not catch you that day uh, shooting the video. But if they see, if anyone from Vasquez Rocks or from the film industry sees that you shot a film at the Vasquez Rocks... They'll probably uh, ask some questions. Maybe they won't. Hey, I'll give you that. But it was a very sketchy day. The The forest ranger followed my van. Um, I And I don't want to be the guy that talks to a ranger when I'm not the guy that didn't get the permit. You know, I, I'm not the one that made this decision to shoot at the Vasquez Rocks without a permit. I was just bringing the equipment there and trying to set up the equipment. They wanted a lot of stuff, too, at the Vasquez Rocks. They wanted to have an easy up. They wanted to have some... Uh, what they're called is courtesies, which is basically a black cover for the monitor. They wanted to have a fog machine. And that's a lot of stuff to bring to a mountain that you're not allowed to film at, right? And so I told them, like, look, bro, we could probably bring a bounce board, and that's it. And even then, we're kind of pushing it because that's the most film thing to have. Somebody holding a bounce board like this, you know? That's, I mean, that's, I don't know if that, okay, yeah. Maybe the f- most film thing to have is a camera. And they had that too. They had a big camera with a steady cam on it, and they had a lot of producers there that were that were uh, overseeing the shoot. Uh, and it it was weird, man. And 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 also they showed up six hours late. We got to the Vasquez Rocks. Me and my buddy Corey Milliken, shout out. He was uh, we were part of the Grip and Electric team that day, and we were just sitting for six hours, going crazy. Now, when you expect to work a long twelve hour day. You don't expect to sit for those for six hours for half of that day. It it, it is maddening, actually. I 
and then all the stuff that you could be getting done. And now when you're sitting around for six hours, you know one thing's going to happen for sure. By the time that five-hour mark mark hits, you know that the last six hours of the day, because filming is a 12-hour day, that the last six hours of the day is going to be very fucking hectic, and they're going to expect a lot of you. Um, Now, they did eventually come six hours later, Stay Solid Rocky and the other artist, I forgot his name, and they were fucking high out of their mind. They were so stoned. And they they were expected to shoot a video. Now, a lot of the video was just them with alien guns going, ah, shoot you, motherfucker. I shoot your ass, motherfucker. That was the whole video, basically. But the song is really good. Stay Solid Rocky, check them out. The song was pretty dope. Um, But, yeah, and then we went to a soundstage for the second half of the day, which was basically a quarter of the day because we wasted half of the day waiting for the artist to come. And uh, they started to hurry us up. And I lost my shit. I said, well, be on time. And then you could ask me to be on time. And I shouldn't have said that. Hey, don't be mean to the people that are paying you. They paid me quite nicely. They paid me $600 for that day. And I sat around for six hours of that. They probably paid for the therapy I was going to need afterwards, which I didn't go to. I've been to a therapist once. Uh, It was fun. Anyways, what was I? Well, how did I get to the? Oh yeah, and then the third music video I worked on, I didn't really work on it. I just showed up and I stuck around for the whole day, which was uh, not even a music video. Uh, it was a GQ shoot for Travis Scott, and that was pretty sweet. The September edition of uh, the GQ for the GQ shoot for Travis Scott, we helped light that thing, baby. But the reason why I had to show up that day is because I forgot to load some things in that package. Now that's a mistake that I'm willing to to take just to show up to a Travis Scott shoot for a day. Okay, yeah. So, how are we feeling, guys? How are we doing? I am, I am, uh, I am so glad I don't work today, man. I kind of want to go see Tenet. I know that it's showing at the local drive-in. Uh, you can't go see drive-in movies during the day, though, and I have to shoot another podcast tonight, so maybe not today. But um, Tenet in a drive-in. You know, there's I, I follow a lot of meme accounts for movie set memes, stuff like that. And, you know, Tenet is getting a lot of fucking flack for it being... Uh, whoa, this is kind of loose. Tenet's getting a lot of flack for it being a uh, a film with bad audio. Now, I don't know if the audio will improve in a drive-in. I don't think drive-ins are the best place for audio. So, I don't know if the... Um, the you know i don't know if it, the blame is solely on the filmmakers or on the fact that everyone's seeing this movie in a drive-in with their own car stereo uh i used to have a toyota corolla rest in peace and uh that toyota corolla had all the speakers blown out because i was a young kid with that car i got it when i was 19 years old 2009 august 28th i remember the day i got it because it was my friend's birthday and i feel like i kind of um low-key flexed on him let's just say that i was like hey i got a new car today bro and he's like it's my birthday i'm like oh you want to take a ride (laughs) i I don't have money (laughs) um and we drove around and we smoked weed in the car don't do that i yeah drive-ins is weird especially if you're like obviously the drive-in would be great to go and smoke weed in your car and watch a movie and possibly have some beers or something if I was in my disease still. Uh, I still have the disease, but I'm not currently in the disease of alcoholism. 
I feel like going to the drive-in would be great, right? Hear me out. If you were not sober. Now, I am sober. Going to the drive-in is probably going to be a chore. I'm the kind of guy that likes to go to the movies by myself. I don't like to go with people to the movies. Uh, when I was sober, I would go to the movies by myself and hate it. I fucking hated going to the... I would be sad. If ever there's a time where you ask me if I saw this movie and what I thought about it, and if I say I hated it, there's it depends on when I saw it. Because if I saw it by myself in a movie theater, I may have hated it because nobody was there with me. Uh, and it's not like I asked people to go to the movies with me. I just went by myself because I liked hating on things. I liked hating myself at the time. Being sober, I still hate myself, but I do it in a smart way. I try to just uh, hate on myself while I do a solo podcast when I don't know what else to say. And I just say, why can't I figure things out to say? <laughs> I, uh, I want more coffee, but I have to stop drinking coffee, especially on my day off. I don't need coffee on my day off. I should be chilling, but I need energy to do this. It's hard to talk to yourself for an hour. Anyways. So yeah. Uh, the drive in to me, I would wa- rather wait to watch tenant in my home movie theater. Here, this is my room, by the way. This is, the outside is right there. The front door to the apartment is right there. My bed is right there under the stairs. And there's two couches right here. Because couches are great. Everyone should have at least four couches in their apartment. Slash home. Slash mansion. I bet LeBron James has way more than four fucking couches, dude. He probably has 18 couches. And I bet you, when he gives a tour of his house to his homies, he goes, that's a couch, that's a couch, and there's a motherfucking couch right there too, man. Um, yeah, so let's see. It's, I, I'm, I'm trying to get this talking thing down. I'm starting to talk. Uh, it's 25 minutes now. I'm starting to talk without having to look at my notes, which I like, but I still do keep notes because when I didn't have notes and I was trying to do this thing, <laughs> it was terrible. Um, let's see. I, I have a note here. I try not to sound like other solo podcasts. I, I don't know if I talked about that already. I've been talking for 30 minutes and I tried to do this twice, but the guy was mowing the lawn outside. Um, it's hard to not sound like people from other podcasts that you listen to. I listen to a lot of Bill Burr. Uh, oh yeah, Billy or however he sounds. Uh, but also Chris D'Elia. I, and I feel like I already talked about this, but, um, I want to talk about TikTok. TikTok is the business. I have a TikTok with uh, 1,400 followers now. More followers than on my Instagram. What the fuck is up with that? People on my Instagram, you guys are haters. Because real people, like little kids that are on TikTok, love me. And every time I refresh my fucking phone on TikTok, I get more followers. Let's see here. Live look at, see the follow, follow, follow. Oh, two more. A lot more likes too. Got 129 likes on one of my videos right now. If you don't have a TikTok, what are you doing? If you're a comedian and don't have a TikTok, what are you doing, huh? C- trying to keep your stuff private? See, what pisses me off about canceling TikTok, the whole reason behind canceling TikTok is because the Chinese government is data mining your phone. Well, guess what? Everyone is data mining your phone. Edward Snowden helped prove that. I don't understand why we have to discriminate against a Chinese company because they're data mining your phone and they're giving it to another country. When really, our own country is doing the same thing. Who's the bad guy? Huh? Man, if it was his name Joseph McCarthy, the guy that did like the whole uh, Red Scare thing. If he was alive today, he'd be like, ah, didn't I already handle this shit? I don't even know if he's dead. He might be alive today. Very uneducated myself. I went to three years of college, but I did not learn about whether 
Joseph McCarthy died or not. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't understand why Donald Trump wants to get rid of TikTok. And I'll tell you something right now. When Donald Trump ran for president in 2016, I was not sober. I was, uh, I was drunk, actually, when I went to go uh, vote for the president. And I'm here to tell you a little secret. I voted for Donald Trump because I thought it would be funny. I thought for sure he wasn't going to win. And I knew for sure that my vote wasn't going to matter when it came to the presidency because California is a blue state at all times. And I thought it would just be hilarious if I came back home to my mom and I said, I voted for Donald Trump. And she said, don't ever tell anyone that. Which uh, I just now said it on the podcast here. I voted for Donald Trump, yeah. And it, it became a lot less funny when I saw that he won that night. Crazy. Yeah, um, I, I thought it would be funny to say later in life that, remember when Donald Trump ran for president and he was in the primaries? And I voted for him, dude. But Hillary Clinton won. Yeah, Hillary Clinton lost. I don't know if it's funnier now that Donald Trump actually won. Uh, we'll let, we'll let you decide. I think it's terrible. Yeah. But I find, I find voting to be fucking stressful, dude. This country was founded on principles where you don't get judged for who you vote for when really you do. You always are getting judged here. People want to know, right? People will go so far not to say who they voted for because there is some kind of judgment that involved. Okay. This isn't important. I love TikTok. TikTok is great. Donald Trump wants to get rid of TikTok. Why? Because the Chinese are data mining your your sh- your shit on TikTok. But what about Facebook? What about Instagram? Twitter? Like they're not fucking data mining your shit. And like Edward Snowden said on the Joe Rogan Experience, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter the content. What does mat- matter is who you're around and what you're doing all day. That's fucking scary, dude. That, that fucking scare me, dude. Why? I, I don't know. What is scarier? Is it scarier if somebody sees me type out the F word for gay people in a text message? Or is it scarier to know that I typed that out to a gay person? You know what I mean? I don't know. What did I just say? I was trying to be funny, and I think that was not funny at all. That's actually very demeaning. Wow. Yeah, uh, coming a long way here, dude. I voted for Donald Trump, and Donald Trump's trying to get rid of the one thing that I've kind of found some success in. So that, I don't know how to, how to make things come full circle in a solo podcast, but I just tried right now. Yeah. I love improv. I, I like improving, and when I do improv, it does not come across the right way sometimes, and I understand that. Um, I, I uh, was in an improv troupe when I was in high, in high school, and when I was in college, it was called Off Wit, started by my friend Devin Calderoni. I used to live with you, and you're an awesome guy. Uh, I I used to do improv every Thursday at noon, something called the U Hour at Cal Poly Pomona, where I went. Shout out, Cal Poly Pomona. I love you to the day we die. And um, yeah, I I miss improv. I I wanted to start a, a podcast that's basically whose line is it anyway. Uh, but way cheaper production. Like it would basically be this desk here, me being at this desk and my friends over here doing improv in this living room here, my fucking studio abode. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know if that's going to happen. Isn't that hilarious when people like do this shit with like stuff they're trying to sell? They're trying to sell 
paper or they're trying to sell like tissue paper or something and they're like look how fucking big it gets straight oh it ripped <laughs> but look at if you can't rip this one like that oh it, oh, it fucking ripped <laughs> that's like a selling point at one time for like bounty and clarit is claritin no chlor not clorox what what's the other one clarit there's bounty there's Char- Charmin, Charmin, yeah, <laughs> they would just be like, we can rip it like, this is like 15 pounds of pressure, and you can rip it like that much, but the other one is like 12, well, who are you going to go with, huh, 15 or 12, well, 15 or 12, well, and then, and then the other company would come out and be like, hey, well, hey, 12 is better than 15, who likes fucking odd numbers, fool, it's crazy how people can fight each other in like an advertising campaign, like, we're going to take down, like, Sprint is like, we're going to take down Verizon. We're going to take their fucking, did you hear it, guy? Can you, am I coming through, guy? What does he say? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That fool was like, how can I make, he's like, how can I make more money? He's like, I'm going to go to Sprint. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He, like, surprised himself with that. He's like, oh, oh, oh. If I go to Sprint, Verizon's going to be like, damn, fool, what the fuck you doing like that, dog? He goes to Sprint, and he's like, can you hear me now? And then he added a bitch at the end. <laughs> looking, He was, like, waiting. He was looking at Verizon, like, can you hear me now, bitch? I wonder how much more money he made when he was with Verizon or with Sprint. I bet you Verizon fucked that up. Maybe Verizon was trying to look for the next guy. Who's the Verizon guy? It used to be that guy, but then he went to Sprint. And that's what I'm with. I'm with Sprint. Can you hear me now? I used to be with Verizon. I'm like that guy, but on a very lower scale. It'd be wild to be on a national TV commercial, dude. I mean, I'm blowing up on TikTok and all, but imagine that. That's like the TikTok of real life. That's like that's like TikTok before TikTok. Yeah, I was on a I was on a national commercial. Flow, ever heard of her? That was me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what would be crazier if I was in a national commercial or if I wrote a national commercial that went national. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, oh, got an email. Oh, who uses email? Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com always messages me saying, hey, we found more of your cousins, fool. I'm like, yeah, you're going to find a lot more. Stop telling me every time. I do like to check my Ancestry.com every once in a while, though. The initial test they gave you for checking to see your bloodline or whatever that is, they always change it. I was like 12% French. Now I'm 6% Basque. And not French. What the fuck is up with Ancestry.com? They always change the... It's like, oh, oh, you're you're evolving, fool. You're evolving. <laughs> Dude, tell me what it is and don't change it. My past can't change. Oh, but we have more records that indicate that you're actually not indigenous to Mexico. Yes, I am, fool. Fucking eight of my grandparents are named Francisco. Yeah, my on my dad's side, there was a long line of Franciscos before they named my dad Juan. And another crazy fact about me and how Mexican I am, I don't know if this is a Mexican thing, I think it's just more coincidental, but here we go. On both sides of my family, my mom's side and my dad's side, both of my grandparents are named Francisco and Francisca. Whoa! How did they all find each other? Yeah, they're all named Francisco and Francisca. And I don't know if that's coincidence or if they all came from a village where they were like, no, Francisco, Francisco. It's like George Foreman naming all his kids George. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm George the fucking... And why do names only last like five or six generations? Yes, I am George the fifth. I'm George the sixth. Like, what happened to George the seventh? How come there's not somebody going around going, my name is Frederick the 35th? Uh, yeah. I want to name my kid Pico Nono Juarez. Pico Nono Juarez Alarcón. Just so when he does something wrong, I could be like, Pico! No! No! And Juarez, just to give him some street cred. Juarez is a gross city. You could see it from the 10 freeway driving through Texas. Leaving El Paso, I think. Or coming to El Paso. Somewhere around El Paso! <laughs> This is pretty fun to do, but it's hard to be confident. I'm trying to stay confident. Somebody saw my first episode and told me that I lack confidence. And I said, stop watching my podcast then. And I'm confident you should do that. Um, hopefully they're not watching this because then I called them out without saying their name. Joel Romero. Um, yeah. I, I basically went through everything I wanted to talk about. I kind of touched on sobriety. I'm excited for this next Monday coming up because I'm going to be two years sober. Cha-ching. I am two years fucking sober. Can you believe that shit? Come on, let's get it. Bitch, let's get it. He. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, it's been a long journey. I'll talk to you about how I got sober if you want. Well, it's another. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Let's all hear about how I got sober. I. Uh, I was dating a woman, a beautiful woman that I, I loved a lot at the time. Uh, and she told me that she's not going to be able to do this unless I get sober. Because she she noticed that every time I was with her, I was either drunk or stoned. That's how Papa does it, dude. And also, I don't like calling myself Papa. She didn't like that either because she had a trouble pass with her dad. And when I said, Daddy, like that, she said, don't ever fucking say that again. And I realized, like, not just because she doesn't like it, but I don't think I like it. I'm not a Papa. I'm not a Daddy. Yeah, she... uh she asked me to get sober. She asked me to come with her to an AA meeting on uh, September 21st of 2018. And that night, September 20th of 2018, I wrote out a list of reasons why I decided to do drugs and alcohol. And while I was writing it, I started crying. And I realized, uh-oh, there's a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of feelings that are coming up right now. I don't know if I like that. Uh, I, uh, I got sober. I didn't drink or smoke that whole day, and I told her like it was a big deal. I said, well, I didn't fucking drink or smoke today. And what I didn't expect is for her to be like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. And she did that. And then uh, everyone that I met that night at that AA meeting was on my side, which was weird because I was sober, and nobody expected anything from me. When I was getting stoned or drinking, people wanted what I had. People wanted my, my weed, my time, my companionship, I guess you could say, all in the hopes that they would get fucked up with me. And that's probably a, uh, an extreme statement. I'm sure there was some people that care about me. I still have friends from when I was drinking and smoking weed uh, that are still my friends to this day. So I don't know if there's 100% credence to that, uh, what I said now. But I did notice that it was the majority of the time people just wanted me for my, my fun, my party goods. Um, whether it was people I knew or the access I had to certain drugs or alcohol. And so I got sober and I noticed that people actually cared for me, uh, cared for who I was as a person, as opposed to what I can offer them, which was the start of a new life for me. 
at least for two years because I'm almost two years sober. I, I'm pretty sure I won't drink or smoke until Monday. Uh, so I could say that I'm two years sober. Um, and you know, I, I stayed sober. We, me and the girl broke up, uh, after a month of me being sober because you're not supposed to start a relationship in early sobriety. That's probably the worst time to start a relationship. They tell you not to have a girlfriend for a year. And somebody told me that that's only because they don't want you to have a girlfriend when you start getting sober. You're allowed to have a girlfriend if you had one while you were not sober. So I, I didn't though. And I fooled everyone into thinking that I did because I'm a fucking devious motherfucker. And I told them that I, I had this girl before and they were like, okay, well that's cool. Cause I just didn't want people to judge me. But the thing is people don't judge you in AA. People are real with you in AA. That's uh, not true all the time, but still. Uh, so we broke up a month into me being sober. And I thought to myself that day when I broke up with her, like, wow, I can, I can fucking drink and smoke again. Then I realized, like, why? Do, I realized that I thought about smoking or drinking every freaking day since I got sober, which I, I didn't feel was normal. I don't, I don't know if that's normal. So it is the normalcy for some people, and they accept that and they love it. They want to get fucked up every day, and that's cool. I did. I wanted other things more than that. I wanted to be funny. I wanted to have a career in something that I love to do, which is basically what I'm doing here. I'm getting better, but I'm not going to be good until I do it over and over. I just, I wanted to do this more so than the other thing, which was getting fucked up every day. Uh, so I kind of, I kept that in mind. I, I wanted this more. I still want this more than a relationship. I would love a relationship, but having one would be hard. And also, I was going through it, dude. I was going through early sobriety, which is a roller coaster. I broke up with this girl. I walked out of her apartment. She said that she's never going to talk to me again. And I was like, okay, what I'll say, you know, just like some kind of crazy macho Mexican. And then uh, as soon as I left her apartment, I regretted it. And I tried to call her, and she didn't answer. And then I tried to text her. She didn't answer. She blocked me on all forms of social media. And I realized, wow, I fucked up. All because I can't stop thinking about this thing. You know? And, uh, yeah, we basically broke up. I I had a sponsor at the time. Now, in the pandemic, it's hard to say that I have a sponsor. I'm pretty sure I do. But the last time I talked to my sponsor, he told me he just doesn't know about AA. He doesn't, he doesn't know if he feels it. Um, Which is okay. You can... I'm, I've been through that before. And he has a lot more sobriety than I do. So... If he chooses to, as they say, go out, which basically means relapse, uh, then that's his decision, and it's from a more informed place than I have. However, if he does relapse, I'll have more time than him. Maybe I could be his sponsor. <laughs> nope. Uh, anyways, yeah, so I I asked my sponsor, what do I do, you know? Like, I, f- I feel c- fucking crazy, you know? And so he said, we just got to hit the steps harder. The steps, by the way, there's 12 steps in AA, to sobriety, basically three steps, uh, identifying what your higher power is, your God, if you will. And my higher power was DMT because I couldn't comprehend DMT and it was a power greater than myself. I, and it kind of guided me through a a portion of my life, even though I wasn't sober and it led to my sobriety. It was what I believe. And it was a power greater than myself that was taking over the wheel, basically. Uh, and I don't know if he agreed with that, I, but that's, it's, it's what helps me to this day, to stay sober. To stay sober. Uh, 
and the next couple of steps are basically identifying what you did in your past and re- reconciling that. Reconciling that. So you write out a list of uh, resentments you have, and you try to forgive yourself for those resentments or, or forgive the other person for those resentments if they're really founded to be true. And then you have the amends, which is probably the most popular step in AA. Uh, people will always hit you randomly from your past with some amends, like, hey, fool, I was fucking wasted, and I fucking came back to life. Oh. You know, like the fucking defibrillator took a while to get to me, but it didn't. I want to say sorry. Uh, that's the, like the that's like the fourth through ninth step, and then the tenth through twelfth step are spiritual steps. You work on the fourth step every day. Basically, you write down resentments you have every day, and you try to uh, confront those resentments every day through the tenth step. 11th step is basically meditating, spiritual stuff. And then 12th step is helping another alcoholic. Now, my bad habit is automatically going to 12th stepping. I always tell people they should get sober. If they infer, if they ask me like about sobriety, I'll give them the whole spiel, baby. And uh, if they don't, though, I don't try to tell them to get sober. I just give them party stories from my past, <laughs> which I have quite a few. I don't know if I'll share a couple here. I probably will. I'll probably run out of a lot of things to talk about here. Um, but yeah, so long story short, I got sober. Uh, I moved out of this place. I was living in Glendale, uh, with an, with a couple of old people, very old people that had a lot of roaches in that apartment. And I was living in the living room, much like I am now. I think I just, I'm a, I'm a living room salesman. I just like, I come make this place pop, baby. Put me in the middle of it. Um, but that, that place was gross. It had a lot of roaches. It was gross. It was nasty. I hated it. And threw away a lot of clothes after moving there because they, I didn't, I wasn't sure if they, it had like that smell or stench on it or whatever. Like it was gross. And, uh, I hate living with roaches. I used, to, I used to live in a house in Sherman Oaks when I was in my disease, foo, uh, with a lot of roaches. It was, it was, it was, it was gross in the middle of the night. If you turned on the light, wow, I'm rhyming in the middle of the night. If you turned on the light, you'd see the floor move with all the roaches. Yeah. That's a part of my past, baby. Shoutouts to Brad and everyone I live with there. But yeah, I came a long way. And I don't think any any of this would be possible if it wasn't for me being sober. Now, is this a bad podcast? Maybe. <coughs> is this, um, am I getting better at this? Definitely. Uh, do I feel comfortable doing it? I do, regardless of what you think. And am I, is my confidence faltering all the time, every day? Uh, do I sound like Crystal Lee right now? Yes. Uh, I, I, I want to get better at this. I want to continue to do this an hour a day. Uh, I put out an episode yesterday that, w- that was literally yesterday. Uh, I'm putting this episode out today, hopefully, if it's not that bad. I said some things that are questionable on here. Uh, earlier today, I called women things by accident because I was trying to be funny, but not consciously saying things. It just came out and that's going to happen every now and then. And hopefully I catch myself in the moment. I don't know if it's, is it still cancelable if you retract what you say within three seconds? Cause there's things that we're learning. We are all learning things. We're learning about genders. We're learning about stereotypes. We're learning about racism in our everyday life. Is it still cancelable if you take it back within, I don't know, five seconds? Like I'll say something and then be like, what? I did not want to say that. 
I and also if you don't want to say something, does that mean that you meant to say it? Maybe you were just meant to say it at that time. I don't know. There was been a time where I was really drunk and I said the N-word in front of a lot of black people multiple times. And I got my ass beat. And I deserved that. And that is the true cancel. That is a good cancel. And I don't know if I completely agree with people saying that when you get drunk, the truth comes out. Because I don't want to mouth off saying the N-word. I believe that it was the environment I was in. I was living with uh, a couple of black people at the time. And I, I would hear them say this every day. So I was just mimicking them in a drunk voice. And I asked the next morning why I felt so bad, and I said the N-word so many times. It was a, that's the, probably the one of the worst days of my life. Uh, I also punched a car and broke my hand. It's like you can see the bump right there. It's still got a boxing fracture. Uh, I've got my ass beat a lot. I, I've gotten my ass beat many a times. There's one time where a buddy of mine had a joke stolen from him, and I was in my disease, and I took, what? And I took that personally. It was this guy, Frank Saldamondo, that stole my buddy Cody Decker's joke. The joke was about how Jesus rubbed mud into a blind man's eyes and he looked like an asshole for 24 hours until that fool came back and can see again. And Frank decided to start doing that joke everywhere he went. And so I just simply put on Facebook, stop, because uh, he would keep tagging me in shows that he was about to do and say that I was with them there. And I, after the third time, I said, stop saying I was with you, joke thief. And he got mad. He was like, oh, you really fucking asked for it now, fool. And he started to try to roast me on Inst- or on Facebook uh, and call me names. And I just simply responded with memes. I responded with the Toy Story memes mostly. And he was like, you can't even say anything, fool. And, uh, and so long story short, that is like maybe five or six months after that happened, I ran into him at a mic at the Bolium in Pomona. Rest in peace, Bolium. Because the mic never happened again after this day. we uh, I saw him at the Bolium in Pomona. And he was drinking out of his... Uh, he was on stage bombing. Uh, he had a, a mixed drink that was about this big. And he just took it while he was bombing with the straw. And he went... And it just went... Drink the whole thing in one gulp. And I said, uh-oh, I have to leave. So I went outside and I met with Miguel and Cody, my buddies. And I was smoking a cigarette, and here comes Frank Saldamondo, and he comes up to me, Cody, and Miguel, and he says, he starts talking shit, basically. But he's not talking to me, he's talking to Cody and Miguel, who are very scrawny. Uh, uh, Cody, a small, scrawny white boy. Miguel, a small, scrawny Mexican with a big chest, because he has an oversized heart. Love you for that. Um, now, Frank was talking to them as if I wasn't there. And he started saying shit like, you guys want to talk all that shit on Facebook? I'm right here, fool. Fucking say it to my face. And then he took a drag of a cigarette like this, smiling. He's like, right? Uh, When he did that, it it really pissed me off. And I slapped the cigarette out of his hand. And then he commenced to beat my ass. He uh, basically ragdolled me. And then it ended with him grabbing me by the hair like this. And then punching me in the head over and over repeatedly, right? Uh, long story short, don't defend a friend if their joke is stolen. Let them handle it themselves. Frank Saldamondo was probably twice my size because he's a fat fuck that doesn't even do comedy anymore. Oh, yeah, I got him. <laughs> Fucking five years later, got him. Uh, yeah, that, that, that whole time was weird. He was a part of a crew called the, uh, the Wise Guys Comedy Crew. 
tour crew or something like that. And they, it was all first year comics, which let's be honest, who is a first year comic that deserves to go on tour? Nobody. Uh, first year comics are the most annoying and the most uh, uplifting uh, group of people I've ever met. They, they remind me of myself when I first started comedy, how fucking green I was and how eager I was to go do comedy and excited. Uh, but they also are annoying as fuck. And if you're a first year comic watching this, I doubt it because you guys don't like to do research. I'm just kidding. That was a stupid joke. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, first year comics fucking eat my ass. You guys suck. Uh, I, I suck probably even worse than a first year comic. So it's probably pretty bad that I'm saying this, but, uh, first year comics, you're, you are what I feel like when I bomb, except when I bomb in my first year, I get mad at the audience because I feel like they didn't laugh on purpose. Just be funny. If you're funny, people are forced to laugh, which I'm still trying to learn how to do because I doubt if you're watching this far, you laughed once. And if you did tell me the one reason why you laughed in the comments, my sister laughed in the last episode because I fucking said a fart joke, um, <laughs> which shows you where I come from. Also, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a thumbs up. Uh, I'm trying to waste seven more minutes because I want to do an hour, which is not a smart thing to do. You should end on top, but I'm still, I am forcing myself to do an hour and if it's good enough, it'll see the light of day and good enough is a relative term. Good enough for, uh, the second episode of this podcast. How about that? Uh, I am excited for today. We have a great guest coming tonight on the pro, uh, on the podcast, the Josh Rado, Mike Alarcon's, uh, just, just, Josh Rado, just, just, Josh Rado. <laughs> but I'm excited to do that at eight o'clock tonight. Right now it's around two o'clock. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited to do more of these. I'll be, be doing one tomorrow sometime tomorrow. Uh, cause I have work all day. I'm excited for life monday i'm two years sober it's it's gonna be great uh i want everyone to be happy and if i could help in any way that's awesome but uh fuck it i'm just gonna end this right now thank you so much for watching please subscribe to my youtube channel like and comment please and until next time have a great day i'll see you